I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone, and welcome to season two of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez Miranda. Have I brushed my hair today? I'm not telling, but probably not. This podcast is all about dream jobs, the ones you wished you had when you were a kid and the ones you pin up on your vision board. I decided to chase after my own in 2020 by taking a series of unpaid internships. I quit my job as CEO of a philanthropy consulting business to try my hand working on Broadway, in fitness, as an art dealer, and in a hotel. And then I wrote a book about it. My What If Year is coming from Zibby Books in February 2023. I am obsessed with the idea that you can turn your passion into your career and that it's never too late to make your dream a reality. So before you decide to quit your day job, listen to my guests as they offer a glimpse into what their worlds are really like behind the scenes. Me, me, me. Okay, no, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We all just we're just, we're just having some vocal warm-ups here as we welcome you to quit your day job. Today on the show, I am delighted to introduce you to Maria Faella. Maria is a New York-based plant killer turned happy plant lady on a mission to make the world a kinder and greener place by helping everyone successfully care for houseplants. A former Broadway performer, Maria now uses her voice to help her community of thousands of plant friends care for plants successfully, grow their indoor jungles, and cultivate more joy in their lives through the Bloom and Grow radio podcast, YouTube channel, and garden party community platform. Maria's passion for plants has been featured by Access Live, Good Morning America, Refinery29, Apartment Therapy, The Washington Post, and Time Out New York. And I bet by the time this comes out, a bunch of other places as well. And most excitingly, you can go right now and buy her book, Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness and Plants. So Maria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so weird to hear someone read my bio because I had to write that bio for my book. And uh, cause you know, I was a side hustle before this. So it's so weird to hear people talk about me in that way. Um, it still kind of throws me for a loop, but how exciting. And thank you very much for that. It's a Love great bio. It's a great bio. And I know you don't like, you've reclaimed the term crazy plant lady. I love happy plant lady in there. And I just think it's awesome. I, um, well, I've canceled the term happy canceled. plant. Okay, Sorry, canceled. I canceled the term crazy plant lady yep. and I'm reclaiming happy plant yep. lady yet. I did have a listen in preparation for this to your whole excursion with Limey, your lime plant, down to Florida. <laughs> I really enjoyed that a lot. Maybe we'll talk about Limey on this. If not, I suggest going back to listen to it on Maria's yes. podcast because it was highly enjoyable and entertaining. But we are here to talk a little bit about plants and a lot about Maria, who has an incredible story. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I keep having Broadway people on here. This is just accidental that they all end up doing these amazing careers. But uh, we'll start with a little bit of an overture, perhaps, Maria. So I sent sent you a preparation question, which was the top five houseplants for a total beginner. 
Yeah. Okay. I love this question because I actually don't believe in it. (laughs) So I'm a plant killer turned plant lady, right? So I, number one, for those listening, I will not judge you no matter how many plants you've killed, no matter what you've done to your plants, anything you have done, I have done so much worse and in such a more embarrassing fashion, right? Because I really was so disconnected with nature and plants starting out. And what I realized was when I was a plant killer, I used to bring home these plants that I thought were the plants that were so hard to kill, like succulents. Everybody thinks succulents are, it's impossible to kill a succulent. It's impossible to kill, you know, a pothos or whatever. And I killed them. I killed them all. I killed snake plants. I killed succulents. Um, I did, you know, I thought that I was this horrific plant murderer. And really, <laughs> I just didn't know how to pick the right plants for my personality. So what I teach on Bloom and Grow Radio is there isn't the right beginner plant. There's the right beginner plant for your plant parent personality. And the key to successfully caring for plants is understanding what type of plant parent personality you have and then choosing plants that are going to thrive alongside you in your personality instead of go against. So I'm a mindful plant parent, which is someone who wants to use plants in their daily wellness routine. Obviously, I just wrote a book about it. (laughs) I want to engage with my plants on a daily basis. I want to water them. I want to kind of, you know, hover over them. And so I was overwatering all of my houseplants. Mm. (laughs) I was overwatering my succulents, which you should really only water once a month. So a month. Oh God. Well, that explains why I've killed so many succulents. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Succulents thrive in the desert. They are used to hot, arid conditions where they don't get water for a long time. And their roots are designed to deal with those kind of conditions. So when you're constantly watering them, succulents will frequently rot that way. So, and I actually, in my book, have a whole plant killer to plant lady crash course because I basically teach the reader in case you want to bring plants home for your happiness, but you don't know how, I'll walk you through all the basics. So if you are a mindful plant parent and you want to be engaging with your plants every day and taking a lot of care of them, I would suggest high moisture loving plants like ferns, prayer plants, marantaceae, maybe some sort of philodendrons if you're putting them in bright light. If you're more of a low-key plant parent, maybe you travel, maybe yep, you're like that's me. Yeah. Like you're not, you know, you like plants. You're you're here to have plants in your home and and have it beautify your home, but you're not like trying to live your life by them. Succulents might be a great option if you have high light and you can remember to to only, you know, water occasionally. What else would be good? Snake plants could be great for low maintenance plant parents, ZZ plants. Then, you know, there's a design-based plant parent. So if you're into plants for the aesthetic, because plants are almost an interior designed aesthetic these days, you know, Raphidophora tetrasperma or plants like Monstera that have really interesting leaves. But if people are interested, you know, for my personal recommendations for their personality, they're welcome to go take the test on my website. It's free. Okay, I'm going to do this after and then post my results and then try not to kill anything. Because I love I love my garden. I love looking at plants. I love being around plants. But I have a black thumb for sure. I have killed so many things. So I definitely want some plant care tips on this call. But really... We are here to talk about you and your completely fascinating professional journey and your life. You were performing one of my secret dream jobs. There are a few of them. And now you are the happy plant lady. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. (laughs) It's not a logical transition, but the best transitions are not super logical. And I bet there is a logical story behind it. So I want to hear it all. 
Yeah. You know, I will, I will preface this by saying I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual woo woo person. Obviously I wrote a self-help book. And now that I live in the mountains, I feel like I'm getting more and more into this kind of understanding how little I play a part in the grand scheme of my life. Mm. But yeah. So my only goal from when I was two years old was to be a, was to be on Broadway never wanted to get married, never wanted to have kids, never wanted anything. Like literally all I wanted to do was stand on stage and be drenched in the spotlight. Like that was my dream, you know, as a kid. And from a very young age, like I had incredibly supportive parents and was able to pursue that pretty aggressively, like since I was 14. So I went to an extra day of school on Saturdays at Manhattan School of Music, which was a full day of music training. I went to college for opera. So I actually have my degree in classical voice, Wow! but I went to college to get a degree in classical voice thinking, okay, I want to get my voice tuned up the best possible so I could go back and be the soprano on Broadway. Broadway was always the end goal for my birthday. That's always what I wanted. I always wanted tickets to Broadway shows because I grew up in the suburbs of New York. And I'm so fortunate that, you know, for the last decade of my life on and off, because if you want to be a performer, you're going to have periods of unemployment and periods of employment. But I was super fortunate that I got to live out my dream. You know, my first job right out of school was the international tour of West Side Story. And I got to understudy Maria, which was my dream role. I've done a bunch of national tours of Broadway shows. I got to be in Cats on Broadway and sing. So I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a singer of high notes. So I joke that like, I was always the, the strong mover in the back of the ensemble pretending to do the dance moves, but really just singing the high notes and like ah. faking the dance moves yep. in the back. So that was it, right? Like that, that, that was supposed to be my life plan. Yeah. And I never thought I'd leave New York city. I thought I would live in New York city forever. And then I fell in love and my boyfriend moved back to New York to move in with me because I couldn't leave New York for Broadway. Naturally. And yes. And so, sorry, to take this back, we've mentioned that I'm a plant killer. Mm. So because I was such a nomad as a performer, I would move to DC for three months. I would, to do a show there, I would go on these national tours where I lived in hotel rooms for eight months at a, you know, at a time. I never kept a plant alive, but I frankly didn't really have a lot of interest in plants either. I was, and I discuss, I talk about this concept in my book, but I was something called plant blind, which Mm. I don't love that name. So we, we talk about it as plant bias in my book, Okay, but it's, I was completely unaware. I was so disconnected from nature that I was completely unaware. I never noticed the trees on my street. I really looked at plants as decor pieces. And frankly, you know, any plants that I brought home, I just kind of was like, well, they'll die slower than, you know, a <laughs> of flowers. And then I moved in with my boy, my then boyfriend, who's mm-hmm. my now husband. And we, I had this real itch to nest for the first time. It was the first time I really wanted to put some intention into my home. Cause I was just, I never lived in the same place for more than a few months. Mm-hmm. And plants were the answer to that. So even though I was a plant killer, my mom, I come from a lineage of incredible Italian farmers and gardeners. And my mother is an amazing gardener. And she said, okay, you've got this little balcony. Why don't I just set you up with a little herb, a pot of herbs and a tomato plant? And like, just let's start there. And I called her every day that summer, every day. I thought I could only water plants at night. I did all this weird stuff to my plant. (laughs) But with her help and because I actually cared about learning for plants, I kept them alive and I made our home beautiful with these plants. And 
What I was not anticipating is I wanted to get into plant care because I wanted to nest and make our home beautiful, Mm. but I continued with plant care because they completely changed the way I lived my life. I was a really overstimulated millennial. I would wake up with my phone in the morning. My phone would go off and I would immediately start scrolling. I would immediately get onto Facebook and Instagram. And once I started caring for this little herb garden and my little house plants, I would wake up and I would go have coffee with my plants in the morning instead. And I would just like sit in stillness. And in those moments, I realized, wow, I have not given myself time with myself Mm -hmm. for my entire adult life because I lived in New York City and I had a crazy schedule and all of that. And so plants, and I am a self-help junkie. So I've been on every yoga retreat. I've read every self-help book. I've done it all. I love it all. But plants ended up being the most simple, affordable answer to kind of my self-help quest. And I knew that a lot of other people were like me feeling like they were plant killers and that they didn't have these feelings of joy and awe available to them because they couldn't figure out how to care for plants successfully. And I was in Broadway at the time too. So I was just like vibing so high. I had finally made it to Broadway. I was feeling so good. And so I thought, you know, I love listening to podcasts. At this moment, there were no podcasts on the internet about houseplants in particular. Wow. So I'll just make a 10-episode podcast interviewing experts on how to keep plants alive. And after 10 episodes, I'll book another Broadway show and I won't think about it anymore, right? right. Like, because this will just be like a fun hobby, to- fun hobby. Yeah, fun hobby, fun side hustle, kind of an active service to other millennials like myself living in New York City. Genuinely wasn't sure if anyone besides my mom would listen to it. And when the podcast launched, thanks to social media, I found this community of plant people online who were as lit up about plants as I was because my friends didn't want to talk about my tomato blossoms, <laughs> right? They were like, Maria, <laughs> shut up. Stop, stop it yeah. with the tomatoes. <laughs> Leave me alone. So Bloom and Grow became a kind of accidental side hustle because the downloads kept doubling. So I thought, you know what, if I'm helping people, let me just keep doing this. Also, I went through a period of unemployment as a performer after my first Broadway show. So I had time on my hands Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, here we are five years later, I was in the pandemic. I was performing in my, one of my dream shows that ended up closing three days before (laughs) opening night. Oh God because the city shut down. And so I gave myself a couple of months to like cry in the bathtub, drinking a lot of wine. And then thought, what if this was on purpose? Not, not the pandemic, God forbid, but what if this is a transitional moment for me? Like, how could I see this as a positive opportunity? What would Bloom and Grow look like if it was more than just my side hustle? Right. And a month after that, I got the opportunity to write this book and the rest is history. So That's that was so a amazing. very, very long answer to your question. I'm but very complete, sorry. No, but completely fascinating. Okay. First of all, can you share what show it was that you were in? Yeah, I was in, Um, well, it, it never made it to the stage, but uh, City Center Encores in New York City is like a, I had been auditioning for the theater for 10 years and I finally booked the show. It oh, was God. Love Life <laughs> by Kurt Vile, who's one of my favorite composers. And it was really special with Brian Stokes Mitchell and a couple of other really Kate Baldwin, a couple of amazing performers and, uh, and making yeah, like jaw droppy faces. Oh my God. Yeah. It was pretty wild. It was pretty wild, but also in the midst of all of this, my, I was also a COVID bride. 
<laughs> so oh, I God. Well, my wedding three times in this process too. Oh so. my God. Well, you mentioned your husband. So I assume you finally got a chance to do it. Yes. We got married in October of this year. And one of the greatest delights that my illustrator actually pointed out the first time she read through the book to figure out what she wanted to illustrate, she said, gosh, Maria, you're tracking your relate, you're tracking your experience with plants in your book, but you're really tracking your relationship because in the stories in the book, Billy goes from my boyfriend to my fiance to my wow. husband. Pretty cool. Pretty sweet. I love that. So, I mean, you mentioned you're a spiritual person and this was kind of a path, which I just totally hear you. At, but clearly, you know, not not everybody can take a side hustle or even see an opportunity like that and turn it in to their passion. You know, what were you, was there like an active decision moment? Did you just kind of see the success of what you were doing and think, well, let me just lean into this a little bit more? I think the transition is super interesting because a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are thinking about maybe wishing they wanted to transition into something different. How did you actually take that into your own hands and make it happen? Great question, because- I want to say, I think, and I'm I'm learning this from this last year, and I think this is an important conversation to have on your podcast, particularly. Entrepreneurship is so glamorized and glorified <laughs> in the United States. Oh my God, I had no idea what I was getting into. And there is this societal energy that, you know, really makes entrepreneurship look like the only option. And so easy. And yeah, make $10,000 a month, make 20. I mean, on oh, TikTok, yeah. how many people feed me? Here's how to make $10,000 a month. Of affiliate <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it was very incremental. And it's been honestly a little painful transitioning mm. in my passion project, which was never having any monetary pressure into right. my full-time job. Way before the pandemic, Bloom and Grow did make money. So I paid I I paid for the show out of my pocket for a while. And as my savings started to dwindle, I was like, okay, Maria, like we get that you want to do more than 10 episodes of this, but <laughs> you do, like you have to figure this out. Yep. So I set small tangible goals for myself that I've built up over the five years. So the first goal was my website costs $20 a month. How can I make twenty thousand? How can I make twenty dollars a month? Oh yeah. And I became an Amazon affiliate, and I made twenty dollars a month. Then I thought, okay, my running costs are one hundred and fifty dollars a month. How do I make one hundred and fifty dollars a month? And I just kept kind of setting these goals for myself that felt tangible of figuring out, okay, how do we break even? How do we maybe make enough money to buy my plants? Mm-hmm. And now, okay, how do we make money to like pay our mortgage? Right. Yeah. So I think that. If someone, if if you're listening and you're thinking about taking your passion project into a full-time job, I think number one, think long and hard about it because when you put that financial pressure, it it does change. The mm-hmm. stakes get much higher. And also view it incrementally. So we started with affiliate income, then we moved into sponsorships, then I started doing speaking gigs, and then I launched a community platform, which is the heart and heart and soul of Bloom and Grow now a virtual garden society. So it's been a slow burn of, of doing that. And I would say, if you're thinking about transitioning, let yourself have it be a slow burn. I think I'm very fortunate that I had my performing career to kind of supplement Bloom and Grow until I kind of needed to get pushed off the cliff, you know? Yeah. I think that's something we've definitely heard is kind of make sure you've got a soft landing pad, basically, if you're going to do something like this, which is interesting because I do feel like I've heard that from 
a lot of women that I have spoken to. And my husband, who is an entrepreneur is and is like such a risk-taking person, I'm not sure he would have given the same answer. I would be like, yes, you just need to make sure everything's in order. And, you know, I remember the second podcast we did was with um, Frankie Taylor, who is my old personal trainer, and she runs her own fitness brand now. And she was saying how, you know, she kept working until she really got to a point where she can make this financially work for her. And it's just interesting, but you're right. I mean, I think that entrepreneurs are glorified as this like, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you've got a brand and the brand is kind of you and also the things that you're talking about, right? So it'll it'll mess with you because then every failure, every misstep, every bad review is, you know, you, it's, yeah. it's you're under scrutiny, right? And it's also, it comes down to you. It's also the greatest thing ever. There's a reason why people talk about it. I am obsessed with my business. I'm obsessed with the community that I serve, right? I wouldn't change it for the world. I feel incredible that I get to empower the women that work for me now as I build a female-only team of contractors. Awesome. So there's unbelievable positives that I think are spoken about a lot. But I think what doesn't get spoken about a lot is, you know, a couple months ago, having a mental breakdown on the phone with my brother, who's also an entrepreneur, being like, is the secret about entrepreneurship that it sucks? Like, why is no one talking about how much this sucks, you know? Oh, my God. And then the next day, you have an amazing day, right? Like, it's just a very volatile, similar, actually very similar to performing. So I do feel like my, my 10 years performing kind of prepped my nerves or fried my nerves so that it made it a little easier to be an entrepreneur. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So I know you're like very much into the book promotion space now, but tell me a little bit about like a typical day for Bloom and Grow. Yeah. What do you do, what do, you do when you wake up? Well, we, I know you have coffee and sit with your plants. Do you still do that now? Yeah. And now I live in the, now I live in the mountains. So I've up, I've up leveled my morning routine and plants. So I think you should look at a plant before you look at a screen in the morning. And I'm not successful all the time, but I try to be when I can be. So we do Chemex coffee and I get up usually earlier than my husband. It's quiet. I make Chemex coffee and I go outside of my balcony and I thank my trees (laughs) I watched this really sweet movie called My Neighbor Totoro. And I also just read this book called Braiding Sweetgrass, which kind of anthropomorphizes plants Mm -hmm. and trees around us. And I'm starting to try and view plants as beings, right? Like as living things. So I have a moment with nature in the morning. Right now, 
we live in a pretty cold climate and I'm gardening. I'm going flower girl crazy this summer. I'm going to grow all the flowers. So in the morning, I have all my plants that I'm going to plant up in a week once our frost date passes and I move them outside onto my deck. <laughs> and then I move them back in at the end of the night. But I play with my plants a little bit in the morning. I get prepped for you know when I'm going to plant them up. And then I've been going next to our pond and meditating and doing some affirmations. Love it. I know this sounds like so creepy, but it sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. It really is. And I'm very diligent about it. I've really struggled with mental health in the last couple of years. Ironically, as I've written a, a self-help book and I'm I'm very committed to starting my day in a good headspace. Affirmations have also been unbelievably helpful. They've been a total game changer. So I do 10 minutes of meditation. I do five minutes of affirmations, very, you know, 15 minutes, you can spare 15 minutes every day. And then I kind of shower and and get to (laughs) and get to work, but I'm trying to play with, you know, allowing myself to get to work a little bit later because my business is rooted in nature. So I should spend some time in nature every day to kind of get in that headspace. Yeah. I love grounding. So I like to meditate barefoot so that my feet are on the ground so I can feel connected to the earth's, the earth's energy. And then I'm at my desk, whether it's recording podcasts, producing podcasts, doing book prep, sending emails, managing my team, probably about until 4.30 or 5. And then my husband and I go to the gym make dinner together. And then sometimes we have what we call office hour. No, wait, what do we call them? Oh, study hall. Sometimes he'll go back to work and sometimes I go back to work a little (laughs) bit. Or now we have peepers, which are tree frogs that live near ponds that come out for a certain time in the spring. So I like sitting on my balcony with the peepers and like potting seeds and stuff like that. So I'm in a very... I'm in a very planty moment right now because we're about, we're like really in the throes of gardening season right now. Right. But yeah, I try and interact with plants as much as possible during the day. I have a Hinoki candle that I burn in my office. Hinoki is a tree oil, a Japanese tree oil that's been said to have wonderful medicinal benefits. I have plants all over my office. I have plants to my left and to my right and a fake plant wall behind <laughs> me with my green background. And I have plants on my on my balcony. So I try and interact with plants as much as possible. I love it. it I feel more relaxed just talking to you about your day, actually. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Honestly, I'm, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is an interesting question though, because I think like many people, I definitely took a lot more time during the pandemic to be outside. I was lucky that I got to spend it on the Isle of Skye where we have a home. So very remote, very rural, beautiful. For the first time ever in my life, I knew what the names of the different birds were. I was, I was outside so much and really appreciating and just had a ton of gratitude for nature and being able to just breathe, frankly, like especially the Mm -hmm. beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then, and then restrictions started to be lifted here in the UK. We got back to work. We got back to life. And I'm not going to an office every day, but I definitely feel like I have lost some of that connection that I really valued during that really weird and mostly otherwise horrible time during lockdown. What kind of tips or advice do you have for people for trying to make sure that they hold on to that, even though things have, I'm air quoting, gone back to normal because like nothing is normal, but you know, every, everyone is at least thinking that it is. I mean, how, how, how do we recapture that? How do personally, how do I recapture yeah. that? Maria, give me some advice. <laughs> no, I think that's an amazing question because I think you and I are super fortunate that, you know, I live on five acres in the middle of nowhere. 
I'm very fortunate that I can literally go sit by my pond barefoot. Like that sounds insane. You know, that sounds like crazy and and unattainable for a lot of people. But before living on five acres, I lived in 500 square feet in New York City. And my awakening as a plant lady, four years of that five years or six years, however long I've been doing that was in 500 square feet. Wow. So you, and I think, and we tackle this in my book, like there are a lot of really broad kind of almost intimidating topics like the concept of forest bathing. You have to go into the forest and you have to soak in the forest (laughs) and you have to do it at least for two hours a day and whatever. No, go find your local forest, uh, not forest, go find your local park Mm. or go stand outside and look at the tree that's planted in your pavement. Right. So I think, I think what we had and what we lost was space not physical, but like emotional and time. And so if it's waking up five minutes earlier in the morning to look out your window with your coffee, or if it's just making the intentional shift of, if you're noticing your old, like, what were you doing on your aisle that you're, that you're not anymore? Mm -hmm. Are you having coffee with your phone when maybe you were having your coffee outside or can you go for a walk in the morning? And even if you're in a New York city, right? walk down your block and just look at the trees on your block, you know, across the street from me at my, in my tiny apartment in New York city, someone had planted these rogue morning glories that climbed up. We lived ac- literally across the street from a dump. It was horrible. It's <laughs> not pretty well, <laughs> but these morning glories set against the backdrop of the dump was like so poetic. And I was so in love with it. So I think it's creating that space and, and figuring out what works for you. If you are indoors and you don't have access to outdoor space, can you create a restorative nook in your home that has a few plants and a candle that you really like how it smells? And can you, you know, meditate there for five minutes? And maybe you do have to get a little bit more diligent because it's not so available to you, Yeah, but you have it in you, you can do it. All right. I'm going to. I'm going to take the plant quiz. I'm going to find things I can't kill. And then I'm going to make a little nook. I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I do. There's a, you know, Edinburgh is a very green city. There's a lot of parks here. Like there is opportunity to get outside. But like that piece that you talk about, I feel like I had it and I, mm. I don't feel like I have it now. So I'm going to make a concerted effort to reclaim it as a result of this podcast. So thanks for fixing me. You did one already. <laughs> It's like satisfied customer. In your in one of your podcasts, you talk about having Leslie Nope energy, which I like totally, <laughs> yeah. totally see from you, even spending a little bit of time with you. Where do you think it comes from and how do you cultivate that even when you're feeling like crap? Oh my God, I love that. Thank you for affirming that. I love <laughs> Parks and Recreation so much. Same. I love that show. Frank- <laughs> Frankly, when I'm feeling burned out, I will watch Parks and Recreation because Leslie Nope inspires me so much. <laughs> I've gone through periods after I launched my community platform, I was kind of burned out. I had a really long month and I was like, I need to restart Parks and Rec. I need Leslie Nope energy in my life right now. And it totally helped. I definitely get it from my parents. I, my dad is a very successful entrepreneur. I wouldn't say he has external Leslie Nope, but he has the most incredible work ethic I've ever met, you know, ever experienced. And I definitely get my work ethic and my inability to say no and kind of inability to turn my brain off from my dad. Mm. He's amazing. He's the, I'm so lucky. I've had, I have incredible parents. My mom, I think I get that external kind of quirky 
Leslie energy from. My mom is the life of the party, can talk to anyone. So fun. Also incredibly passionate gardener. And she has like a real, she has a really funny sense of humor. So I think I'm kind of the, the I've, I've been fortunate enough to kind of inherit both of their silly characters. Silly Excellent. Characters. <laughs> My sister does tell me though, I've gotten like crazier and funnier as I've gotten older. I think I've also just stopped like giving a shit, giving a shit. I think as a performer, you well, as a performer, you have to have a certain drive because there are so few spots and there are so many people who want your job Yeah, that you really do have to work harder than everyone else, be the first to show up, be the last to, to leave, go above and beyond. So I think that's been ingrained in me from my career as yeah. well. And now in Bloom and Grow, I have that, but then I've also just kind of been able to let my freak flag fly. Yes. <laughs> let it. How I am. Let it. This has been such a fantastic chat. I can't believe we've gone half an hour already. This has just been like completely wonderful. <laughs> How was, what would you recommend? So I always like to ask kind of you know, some advice for people who are listening. So how does someone listening to this go on to become a happy plant lady, gentleman, or non-binary individual? What advice would you give them to start on their journey? Is it go take the quiz? Is it get outside? You know, you've given some great tips. Like what, what do you want to make sure people leave with? Yeah, I think that, so happy plant lady is, plants don't make you crazy. Everybody says crazy plant lady, like crazy cat lady, but plants make you happy, right? So mm. I'm not feeling ashamed about that. I'm not going to let someone call me crazy because of that. I think you really have to figure out what lights you up when it comes to nature. And that's such a, and it's a, there's such a wide variety of things that could get you excited. And, you know, my book has over 60 different practices that every single person can walk away with one thing for my book and apply it to their life. But maybe you like being in nature and you should start exploring forest bathing and, figuring out how to get more trees in your life. Or maybe you're terrified of nature and you're like me, scared of your own shadow and also <laughs> allergic to like everything and you want to stay indoors. So maybe that's getting into houseplants. Mm -hmm. Maybe flowers bring you a lot of joy and you want to learn how to become a cut flower gardener. Maybe you really are empowered growing your own food and then cooking with it. So I think first it's about kind of finding that curiosity within yourself and then just going for it. I love it. The, the fun thing about plants and I think why plant people are happy people is that it's an unending opportunity for us to be students and for us to grow alongside our plants. You know, there's always some, there's always going to be a new plant, no matter how much of an expert I become, there's always going to be a new plant. There's always going to be a new flower. There's always going to be a new planting or propagation technique for me to learn and kind of become an eternal student. And I think as adults, we lose touch with that. Mm. And I think too, in my book, what I talk about is adults, we really lose touch with our inner like kid and plants allow us to experience awe again. And plants allow us to just, ex just have fun. Like there's so many silly things you can do with plants, right? I love it. And for kids, there's such a way to bond with people too. So another, so definitely start with taking the plant parent personality test. It's on my website, bloomandgrowradio.com, because that'll put you in the right direction. It kind of assesses that for you. And then we'll kind of make some recommendations, but also, you know, find your local botanical garden and go sign up for a lecture or, you know, 
go next door and compliment your neighbor's dahlias and ask how they grow it, right? It can be that simple too. And ideally buy Growing Joy and, and read it and then tell me on social media what, what resonates with you. I'd love to hear from you. Amazing. And where can we find you on social media? You mentioned your website. How about people want to follow you on social? Yeah. So the website and the podcast is Bloom and Grow Radio, Bloom and Grow, like Edelweiss from uh, The Sound of Music. (laughs) And then on socials, I'm Bloom and Grow Maria. So, and I'm on socials, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, wherever there's social media, I'm there. And then the book is called Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness in Plants. And it's beautiful. I highly recommend it. And I can't believe I didn't make the Edelweiss connection because that is my son's bedtime song. I sing it to him every night. And now I'm feeling like I can't believe that I just missed that completely. So I have learned a lot on this podcast, Maria. It has been a total pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. This was such a delight. And you'll have to let me know. Shoot me a text when you take my my test and I can coach you along. I will. We're going to do a whole thing. Thanks so okay, much. Well. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zcast production and want to send huge thanks to the whole Zippy Books team for their support. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia F. Miranda. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode, any others, future jobs you want me to interview, or burning questions you think I should ask my upcoming guests. And if you decide to quit your day job, let me know that too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.